now back to 95.7 The Game. We have hit 2 o'clock. Shamari Block and Dan Bone on a gorgeous Saturday afternoon here in San Francisco, California. It hasn't always been gorgeous. As a matter of fact, I was freezing today. And yes, I was in the Bay, man. And it was ridiculously cold. Also, it's sunny here in, in North Beach. But something tells me there's a, a cloud and fog hanging over Golden Gate Park. So as I mentioned, going into the break, Matter of fact, coming up in a matter of moments, J.K. Cockrell standing by. We will get to her, talk NBC Sports Golf Channel commentator, and she'll get into all things Bay Area as well as the uh, what's going on in the LPGA. But Jake McGee has been DFA with designated for assignment. So the first sort of uh, domino potentially as the San Francisco Giants limp into the All-Star break, a 500 team at 41 up and 41 down after that 13-5 and start. And Jake McGee designated for assignment now. I'm not sure whether he has to accept that, but Jake McGee, who has been a staple in terms of the closer splitting time with Camilo Duvall so successful a year ago, but Jake McGee has been sent down. Luis Gonzalez, as I understand it, on a positive note, is back up with the team after having what was uh, one of the few bright spots in the first half of the season. Well, All right, and, and McGee, though, uh, he was a closer last season, for most of last season, but he, he, he kind of... Tuckered out at the end of last season, and he's looked tuckered this season too, man. So I mean, this it, it, this is I don't know that this is as much as a symbol of what's to come, as much as it is, as it is a a a encapsulation of what's happened over the past first half of the season. Everything that worked last year ain't working anymore. Zach Littell also going on the 15-day DL. So Jake McGee, Jake McCheese, no longer with the war with the San Francisco Giants as of right now. All right, let's get to Kay Cockrell from NBC Sports, the Golf Channel commentator. She joins us in Kay. How are you? Or more importantly, where are you right now? <laughs> well, you guys are, uh, you know, lamenting the fact that you've got this cold, foggy weather, and I would be there normally in it with you, but I am in. Uh, Glen Arbor, Michigan, Upper Michigan, outside of Traverse City, staying with friends in our airstream, plopped down on their front yard, lakeside uh, to uh, Little Glen Lake. And we were out on the pontoon boat, but we had to turn that bad boy around to get back so I could talk to you all. See, now that's that's what we like, a high level of importance. You're in the boat enjoying yourself, and you recognize, oh, cannot stand up Dan Avone and Shamari. Turn this rig around, and let's get after it. So really quick, just lay this out, and we'll get into you know all things sports and what's going on in golf and what's going on in your world. But you and your husband, as I understand it, are on a sojourn for a couple of months, a year. When are you coming back to the Bay Area, and, and what's this all about? Yeah, my, my husband decided, well, we had this idea of at some point in time getting an Airstream and roaming the U.S., but I started thinking it was four or five plus years down the road, and he said, hey, I'm going to, why don't we why don't we do it starting next year? This was last year, and I said, okay, so you're going to leave the Giants, where he'd been working for 27 years, and I guess I'll leave Golf Channel and NBC, and he looked at me straight on and said, you don't need to stop working. And I was like, okay, got it. Your sugar mom will keep working. <laughs> yeah, all that stuff. No kidding aside, though. I mean, we're just kind of out for an adventure. And we're, our plan is to go to a lot of national parks, hike, hit all kinds of golf courses, the big name courses, some small tucked away no-name courses. 
um, you know, eat great food, go to ballparks, and um, also, you know, fit in my commentating at certain events that we can drive to together. Man, that's the dream. So who are the most interesting people you've met so far on this trip, which I, I understand began in April? Yes, well... You're going to have to give me a couple more months to yeah, come right. up with a good answer because I have actually, I've, I just finished five events in a row where I was, I was going hotel to hotel and my husband met up with me. But the crazy thing is, is like you go to these RV parks and campgrounds and you see everything from fancy tents to shanty looking, you know, crazy rigs like like the Beverly Hillbillies where people are literally <laughs> living out of their trailer in that same spot to these million dollar class A things that are driving into these, you know, pulling a Range Rover. So it's, it's like every cut of society is out just roaming the roads and, and experiencing little towns and back roads and big national parks. And it's, it's pretty cool. You know, I would think I can't speak for everybody, but a lot of us, that notion has to dance in your head. Like, let's just pack it up, honey, and go. And some people actually can pull the trigger, like that of Kay Cockrell and her husband. A lot, of, And then there's guys like me. I'm stuck staring at Shamari on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon, and it's foggy in San Francisco for the next five hours. But God bless, man. That's, a, that's amazing. I, I want to get back to that, but let's talk some... Uh, some nuts and bolts here. The AIG Open, I know, is something that you wanted to talk about as far as the LPGA. What's going on with the with uh, with that that major? Well, I think it's really exciting because uh, there's been a big change, I'd say, in the last three or four years with the women getting to play some marquee golf courses, courses that the men have traditionally played, and they're playing it for the first time. Like uh, a couple weeks ago, they played the KPMG at Congressional for the first time, and that traditionally been where the men have played and the AIG is going to be played at Muirfield, which Muirfield just finally invited women to be members a couple years ago. And they decided, Hey, let's get right to it and get, get a women's open championship, a British open over there. So I'm going to be covering that in a couple weeks. And it's just, it's, it's so awesome because the women deserve to have a big stage and they really rise to the occasion. And I think a lot of people are interested to see how the women will play these courses that traditionally the men have played, like Olympic Club last year for the Women's Open. Pebble Beach is on the slate next year for the Women's Open. So, you know, people know those golf courses, and they're like, cool, let's see how the women handle it and how they play it. We're talking to Kay Cockrell. And, Kay, you're a former player, so I had to go here with you. Did you ever think that the U.S. Open this year, by the way, Minji Lee took it home and she gets $1.8 million. It was a $12 million payout. One of the biggest, matter of fact, it was the biggest purse ever in the history of the LPGA. When you were playing, did you ever think that you would see a a female golfer taking home $1.8 million? And what does that say about where the sport is headed, obviously, in the right direction? Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, geez, I think, you know, a big purse for us at the time was like the total purse was $500,000. And, uh, you know, you had to finish top 10 in events just to even be able to go out and afford a decent dinner that night after you paid all your expenses, right? And so now to see the women finally getting their dues, at least at the big majors, and it seems like the majors are all now competing for each other to keep raising the purse. So the U.S. The USGA has kind of been a leader in that in that guard, and then KPMG has done a great job as well, and they've done a great job 
um, going to these these outstanding courses. Like they're going to p- play Baltusrol next year. They played Aronimi a couple years ago, Hazeltine. So I think the other majors have also said, "Hey, we're going to get some better courses too because we got to keep up." It's like keeping up with the Joneses. But I'm just proud of all the women. You know, it's like we the found the 13 founders of the LPGA initiated the tour and the great women of the 60s and 70s and in my era, the late 80s, 90s. You know, all of us. All of this has been built upon the past, and it's all for the fact that. We want these women to, to make make good money, you know, and, and be on network TV. And that's what it's all about. You know, it, it's interesting because yesterday the Raiders announced that uh, Sandra Douglas Morgan would be their president. And she's the first uh, woman of color to be the president of a, of a NFL franchise. And you go back to the late early 80s and you had Amy Trask as the first woman executive and and you think about everything that's going on with title nine everything and I, I I'd like to ask you as as a, as an athlete and as a woman what do you think about the progress because it, it, on some aspect there's a lot of progress being made but then you also look like Amy Trask hire was 40 years ago right and now we, we're having the first woman of color being hired as an executive for NFL team so it's like in 40 years in the past 40 years do you think that progress is kind of was it should what it should have been or or you know, are we are we moving along slow as a society? I think we're still moving pretty slowly. I mean, I, I think we have to take every one of these victories and just keep building on it. And nothing happens quickly. It's like even with the Muirfield thing. It's like, I mean, that course has been in existence for like three hundred years, and they finally, <laughs> you know, have have women be members and have have the tournament there. You know. Uh, I mean, I would like things to happen a lot faster to have minorities and women and and in positions of power. And it's happening. But I think that it's like it's like the slow moving wheel. It's just cranking really slowly. And we've always wanted more faster. And we have to just we've always the women, at least at the LPGA, we've had to be very patient. And when we when we get dealt blows, we have to just dust ourselves off and pick it up and take the best and keep moving forward. And it's not easy, but, um, you, you know, we have a female commissioner, just our second female commissioner now, Molly Marcuse-Saman, and so far she's doing great. And I, I feel like sometimes when women are, in, women are in that position, they have to almost be two, three times as good to even make the cut like so much pressures on them and so many eyeballs are on them any little mistake they make gets magnified so wait, wait so, so it, just so we're clear though sense. oh just so we're clear you're telling me that the lpga which is you know women's golf has only its second woman in leadership yep. interesting yep. that pretty much sums it up we're talking to kay cockrell from nbc sports and the golf channel you know kay we talked to julie Inkster from time to time and she's one of our favorites she's kind of like you I mean, Julia's got a lot to say, and she's she can also get into the 49ers and the Warriors. She's just a big personality, and we love her. I say that to say this. Do you, do you think about, you know, even going back in the day, whether it was the Nancy Lopez's of the world and these sort of transformational players, is the LPGA missing that personality? Are they, you know, you have the Lexi Thompsons and the, and the Cordes sisters. Is it... Is it missing somebody that not only is, you know, they're obviously good golfers, but maybe somebody that just sort of reaches beyond the scope or that, that little ecosystem that, that's just relegated to the LPGA and so that the, the casual fan becomes of somebody because of, you know, that, trans, that generational player. Is that, is, that, yeah. is that a fair statement? Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I think everyone is craving to have certainly that that person with the personality, the looks, the game that's American to represent the American game. But the fact is, the the tour has just become so international, and and you therefore are getting the best players from all these different countries, and that includes. Asia and Europe and South America and there's a lot of names that people can't pronounce and they're not they don't have a connection to maybe and they they feel like how am I going to get to know this person and you know I look back at even Annika Sorenstam who's now considered one of the greatest ever to play the game and Lorena Ochoa when they were in their prime I don't know if they got the due that they deserved then and it's almost like it wasn't until after they left the tour that people realized how great they were and they missed them and so yeah, I, I think right now we don't really have the person, like the Cordes are so appealing, the Cordes sisters. Maybe they don't have the, the kind of personality that really captivates people, but they are they have such amazing golf swings and they're stunning to look at, right? And they're beautiful in the way they play the game. So maybe that's enough. I don't know. But, you know, it's rare to have that kind of Arnold Palmer personality, that Lee Trevino, that Nancy Lopez that are so engaging, Tiger Woods, you know, he not only was he fabulous, he was engaging that million dollar smile. And so that's, that's rare. It's rare in any sport, isn't it? It, it is. It really, really is. You mentioned international people and I, I kind of want to get your take and, and, Listen, there, there's so many layers to this thing, so you don't. I don't want you to get in debt, but the Live Golf Tour, just in terms of as a competitor to the PGA, is that good for the game or is it bad for the game? I mean, the, everything else aside, like, is it good that the PGA has competition and at least maybe try, uh, forcing them to evolve a little bit uh, in terms of how they do things? Yeah, I think that's a fair. I mean, I think you 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 see that that positive side. I mean, anytime someone threatens you, you got to look at yourself and say, Hey, what are we, what are we missing? What have we done wrong? What, where do we need to change? And I think that's certainly what they have done. I think they're causing a lot of chaos and I don't, I don't like the way that they've, they're just bullying their way into the game. Just, just quote, I say that just with quotes with money, because that's really all they have. They, you know, and that's all this is, is a money grab. And I'm just, I'm wondering how long LIV is going to last. I mean, I know they have endless pockets of money, but are they going to keep surviving if they're not making any kind of profit? Does that not mean anything to them? And the guys that are going over there, they can say they're playing for X, Y, and Z, but they're only playing for the money because there's no other reason anyone cares if anyone lifts a trophy in these three-day shotgun start tournaments. Who cares? The only thing you care about is winning majors and making history and quantity of legitimate tournaments you play. So to me, I don't know, this this whole thing, I hope some good comes out of it, but I think it's it's right now it's very disruptive and it's causing a lot of a lot of um, uncomfortable moments in golf. Like, you know, they're having this big celebration of champions on Monday, past champions of the open championship at St. Andrews and Tiger's playing, Rory's playing, all these past champs, they didn't invite Greg. And he's the past champion, you know? And there's a lot of people saying, that sucks, you know, he should be there. They went too far. And others are saying, well, hey, he dug his own hole and he's got to expect being excluded from stuff. So it's interesting that even something like that has got pros and cons. We're talking to Kay Cockrell. And yeah, I would think that, 
anybody, if it was anybody other than the Saudis, I'd say, yeah, maybe they're going to, yeah, at some point, want to want to see some level of a profit. But I think you're talking about Saudis who could just throw money at this thing forever, and it's just a big PR play for them. But let's just talk about your trip before we let you get out of here. What's the next stop? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, we're driving down to uh, Midland, Michigan, for the Dow Championship, which is an LPGA, cool LPGA team event, which unfortunately it's opposite the Open Championship. But players team up together and play best ball one day, alternate shot another day. So it's a really cool event. Then I go down to the girls junior in Kentucky. Then we swing it back up to Chicago. We're going to plop it down somewhere in the, the uh, outside of Chicago, hop on a plane, my husband and I, and fly over to Scotland, go over early, play a little Muirfield, play a little North Barrick, play a little Gullen before covering uh, the women's open over there at Muirfield. Do you have any luggage, like maybe a really, really large suitcase that might fit like a six foot one, 240 pound person? <laughs> and then, you know, like also oxygen tank. Well, do you want to come over and be my yardage guy? Like I need a guy that gets my yardages and, you know, gets the clubs from the caddy and signals it to me. Maybe you can make the cut for okay. doing that. Okay. Do you have to be smart to do this? <laughs> Well, yes. Smart ah, okay. Count. <laughs> count him out. Oh, I can absolutely count, though. Smarts, I don't know. Counting, I, I mastered that by, like, you know, 13. <laughs> by the way. You're a, strike, you're a striking guy that looks good. That counts for half of it, right? Well, well once again, you're disqualified. All right. <laughs> My man, Shamari Black. Hey, listen, Kay, we really appreciate it. Do you mind if we check in? Or you check in with us and just let us know where you're at. We can continue with the uh, – we'll play the game words, Kay. We'll, we'll, we'll roll it out to our listeners, and we'll try and guess where it is you are on your next stop. But we really appreciate absolutely. the time. Okay. And let me just put this down that I, I played Crystal Downs Country Club, which is one of the best courses in the nation, out in that old Alistair McKenzie course. It's right up here in this neck of the woods. You know, not easy to get to if you live in California, but if you happen to be outside of Traverse City, it's like right there. So I couldn't say no. <laughs> what about food? Is it, I said I'd let you go, but anything? what's the most interesting thing that you've eaten or had to eat? Not the... Not that you're like, you know, in the Serengeti or like, you know, in the Congo. I, I get it. It's Michigan. But I mean, is there is there some unusual or interesting food on the trip? Not really. Um, I mean, they love their brats up here. Maybe that's a little bit of the northern Michigan getting into Wisconsin influence. And walleye. Walleye is their big the fish that's the most favorite around here. It likes cold water. And there's a big ass cold water lake, Lake Michigan, <laughs> that's just a couple miles away. So... Uh, Wait, yeah, give that to me again. What's it called? Walleye? What is that? Is that a whitefish? What, what is it? Yeah, a very pretty mild whitefish. Okay. You can pretty much cook anyway. Yeah. It's, I've had it, you know, with, it's excellent. Excellent. I defy anyone. If, as long as you like fish, you'd like walleye. All right. Wasn't even familiar with walleyes. Something you can yeah, do. Yeah, look it up. Look it up. Google it and see what you can do with it. I don't think we have, we don't have a lot of walleye in San Francisco <laughs> area. <laughs> Kay Cockrell, thanks so much. We are going to check in with you. Yes, thank you very much, yeah. Brian. We're trying to... Yeah, what's the name of this, Brian? Really quick. <laughs> thank you very much. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Thank you very much for Kay Cockrell. Where in the world is Kay? We're going to play the game from this point forward. Kay, thanks so much. We'll check in with you and talk soon. All right, love it, guys. Thanks so much. Nice.
<laughs> would you ever do a uh, service? Would you ever jump in a van? Or have you ever thought about that going either cross country, just getting away a, from it? I, I got a I got a partner, man. That this dude spent. First things first. He built his. He he bought a old bus and converted it into an SUV with you know. I, I'm sorry, into a into a uh, into a you know a mobile home, right? So he did this like over the course of a year. Then he just drove that thing all over the place for like a few years. Him and his uh, dog. So I'm like. His dog? Dog, yeah. Him that's a dog. good move. Yeah, no, no. And, his dog and won't piss you off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a lot. Here's the thing, though, is is that like, if I move out of my apartment, I got rent control. Okay? If I move out of my apartment, I get back. I'm like, okay. Well, <laughs> now, now, now I'm going to be paying quadruple. <laughs> Not exactly, right? But so there, there are elements that keep me here. But I would absolutely do that, man. Really? Especially with the with the right other with the right companion. Well, that's and, just and, it. And, and a dog named Bandit is might be <laughs> the uh, actually wait. His dog name was Wizard. A dog named Wizard might actually be the best companion. Those of you in 95-7 the game, would you go cross-country with Shamari Block? You you probably get to, I don't know, you, you might get to like Pleasanton and say, turn this thing around, stop. I can't hear any more about Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> yeah, you, well, no, here's the thing. No, you you're know, fascinating, don't, man. Don't, you don't, are don't a guy bring, that's got a lot Jimmy of knowledge. G. Don't bring up Jimmy G, okay? It, it, it would be 90%. Like, it would drive during the day. Drink at night, okay? Boom, and and, and get off drinking, and, and like find. I'm going off. I'm going off into like the the bonies or whatever, and going to dive bars and engaging like strangers, okay? Like, and when I say strangers, I mean the strangest people I could find. You know, I'm that, that that that's how I'm rolling, man. I'm going coast to coast. I'm I'm not gonna be like if I go to Chicago, right? Like, I'm not gonna. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna be like in some fancy hotel, man. I'm gonna be off in some like little local thing where people play darts. <laughs> Where people play darts and there's a jukebox. You get the real people. Exactly. That's where you find the yeah. real people. That's oh, yeah. where you get America. Oh, yeah. I say that, but that ain't me, man. <laughs> I'm like, I'm no, a, I, know, I, I know that. Wait, Dan, I can't do that, man. Everybody, Dan Devone texted me and Alan last night. He was listening to us. <laughs> he, he's like, I'm at a winery. At a, I'm at a winery where you're, you know, there's like some fancy banquets going on. Dan Devone, you, you, no, you, but road trip Devone, you, you're going on, but you're going to banquets. I'm going to five. Sorry, I need room service, man. <laughs> I need a five star hotel. I have, you know, I have friends that like, dude, let's go camp. I'm like, come on, man. Well, see, but I'm not. Who's going to put together the tent? Are you one of those guys? I, I I successfully put together a tent once. That's why you have the SUV, though. See, there's oh, camping. No, gotcha. there's camping, right? And then there's RVing. So, like, going and sleeping in the woods. No, thank you, really. I did it a couple of times. Uh, no, thank you. But like jumping into our view and just dipping city to city for six months, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That that's why I asked. That's why I asked Kay like, who's the most interesting pe person you met? Because like, if you're in some of these campgrounds, especially the RV ones, they are communities within and of themselves. Yeah, that must and be are characters. And like when you're camping, usually you're in a tent. You don't want to, you know, see them. You just want your group. But if you go to these RV parks, man. Uh, like she said, there are some people that live so there. So, is there an area where it's communal? Everybody can sort of hang out and shoot the some of shoot them, the breeze. Yeah, some or of do them, you stay under it's yourself? Like community or? showers, man. Everything. Oh wow. So, yeah, yeah. No, right. You find yourself. So Sounds I've like, done this you know, thing. Like a sexual a component bit. to all of this. I'm out. God, no, no. Sorry. Just, just you know, the idea that you I can't, had to take it there. <laughs> you, you can't ignore the other people at an RV park campgrounds. You can go camp and you cannot see anybody because you hike to wherever. Yeah, but sure. Yeah. 
RV, you you have to have like water and all the stuff to hook up to. So it's a little bit of a different vibe. Yeah, what are you doing to to cleanse yourself and showering and all those sort of things? And like, dude, like I said, if there's a if there's a community sort of shower situation, you, you walk from your campground down there to the bathrooms and the showers. If they have hot water, you, you're fortunate. If if they have water that you can that's potable, <laughs> that's a word potable. That means you can like drink it, consume it. Uh, th- then you're in. Then you're like in the lap of luxury. What about it? so in the RV? Are you? Is there a bathroom? Can you use the bathroom in an RV? Is that- Some of them do, yeah, but okay. not all of them have bathrooms. And and if you do, though, there's a problem of storage. You got to pump them th- those things out relatively frequently, depending on how big your tank is. Man. Yeah, I ain't doing that. See, that's where you <laughs> lost me, man. That's where you lost me. Wait, the oh, nine two five. I would do a road trip with Shamari and uh, Jimmy G and Chioza. <laughs> that's a six five zero. Have you seen the old school movie Robin Williams RV? Have no. you seen that? Oh, it's no. hilarious. Is that right? Hilarious. <laughs> so thanks once again to Kay Cockrell, who's in an RV and going all over the country for a while. I mean, I think she's gone for a couple of years, man. I mean, if you can do it, God bless, man. That's right. fantastic, right? Yeah. Uh, that's that LPGA money, man. Cash me out one time. Because <laughs> that's the other part, right? You got to have the paper to do those sort of things. So 27 years of the Giants for Mr. Cockrell. And uh, and Kay was there in the LPGA for X amount of seasons. They, they, got, some, they by, got some zeros in the bank. By the way, I was trying to get cute, and I implied that you weren't a good-looking guy, which you obviously are. I'm just trying to be funny. My, I don't, my, there was something along my, the lines. My, my mommy uh, certainly thinks so. Oh, no. <laughs> Shamari is a is a is a good looking dude. Come on, man. We all know that. All right, let's get out to Oakland. And Leroy standing by wants to get in on the car. Oh, he's talking about traveling with Shamari. We got a new theme here. What's up, Leroy? What are you doing? Hey, what's up, guys? Man, I, I always turn on the radio every little break I get. I'm at work, and I caught the uh, question. Hey, would you go cross country with Shamari, man? Heck yeah, I would go cross country with you because for two simple reasons. One, we could talk Hank Aaron all day. And two, we can talk Bert and Ernie from Sesame Street all day. And tomorrow you'll know what I'm talking about, man. You are awesome, brother. Right. I don't appreciate it, man. Leroy, we, we love it, man. There you go. All right, Bert and Ernie, you got to fill me in. Just, I miss Bert and Ernie, man. Uh, got to get to a break. All yeah. right. We're going to continue. This will be another theme that will run throughout the day. Would you go on a cross-country road trip with Shamari Block? We continue here on 95.7 The Game. We'll get into Kevin Durant, the Golden State Warriors, and get ready for Kevin Dana. That's all next here on 95.7 The Game. The game. Coming up in a half an hour, Kevin Dana, the play-by-play voice for the Santa Cruz Warriors and also calling the Summer League for the Golden State Warriors, is going to join us to talk about the, not only his past season free agency, but uh, more topical, what's going on out in Las Vegas and where aware is James Weissman, right? Isn't that the, uh, we got a couple of themes. You know, we know where James Wiseman is. He's on the sideline. <laughs> he's on the sideline, man. Is he the new street clothes? Is he the Warriors version of AD? No, he, he's, he, I said this last night, man. James, Here's what I know about James Wiseman. I don't know exactly what he is as a basketball player. I know that as a bench sitter, he's he has a fondness for hood, zip-up hoodies. Oh, he's all about Well, that's a good way to market yourself, right? Or get someone to market for you, right? Yeah, you get a product line. Different zip, somebody, somebody get this kid a tie or something in a jacket, darn it. So Kevin Dan is coming up at 3 o'clock. We're rolling through a couple of themes here today, one of which is 
Our own producer, Chris O'Connell, coming up on Monday at 8 o'clock primetime will be an American Ninja Warrior. Now, we can't tell you how he did because we don't know. Right. And we will find out coming up on, on Monday. But we're the, the theme being is who do you think is a Bay Area athlete would be a good American Ninja Warrior? Keep in mind, it's the obstacle course. You've got to have size, strength, and balance and all those sort of things. And the other which, the other running theme here today, this was after Kay Cockrell joined us, and Kay Cockrell and her husband, Kay Cockrell from NBC Sports and the Golf Channel, they are on a sojourn. Matter of fact, they jumped into an RV and are going to be traveling the country for the next two years, potentially. So we put this out to you in 95.7 The Game Land. Would you be willing to take a road trip cross-country with Shamari Block, and I'm just going to take it a, a step further. How long would you last? Could you, <laughs> could you get out of the state? Could you make it to the Midwest? And how many of you out there can make it with Shamari Block cross-country all the way to the East Coast? Want to hear from you. The 510 is chiming in between Jimmy D, Shamari, and Chioza. The shortest person is probably the one who can still dunk. That is probably accurate. <laughs> but somebody else is saying who is the smallest one? See, Chios is probably he's five eleven. No, he's not. He's five eleven. Is man. he really? Yes. Well, somebody got, please got, look two, that up. I got two inches on Chios, and Jimmy G has like an inch on me. Chios has got to be tall. He's like but, six. Hey, feet. I, I'll tell you this much: I, I'm winning. I'm winning the arm wrestling match between the three of us. Okay, that that's hands down. Uh, I'm winning the arm wrestling match, man. With Jimmy between G? the three with with. With young and virile Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm pit. I'm pinning him. Okay, I'm, right. I'm pinning his arm down to the ground. You know those arm wrestling is it's more about the wrist positioning, right, than <laughs> anything else. Wait, the, uh, the six five zero Wiseman is good for the Shamari road trip because he show ain't playing no time soon. Oh, well, no. six six five zero, you are right to believe this, but according to James Wiseman himself, he is playing tomorrow in summer league. And, you know, he said he can't wait to get back out on the court, and he's been through a lot. Like, that was a quote. Can't wait to get back on the court, been through a lot. Do you, is there any level of concern that he hasn't played up to this point? Is that yes. just them being so sort of, you know, overly cautious? Okay, here's the thing. Here we go. Here's the thing. They have played four summer league games already. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Over the course of a week. And he hasn't played any of them. So what has improved... In a week, and what needed improvement over the last week? He's been healing for eighteen months. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, well, what hasn't healed in eighteen months? What I, uh, Jerry Rice tore his ACL and came back in less time. Adrian Peterson in eighteen months. Adrian Peterson uh, tore his ACL, got operated on, played a season, and led a league in rushing. Okay, and James Wiseman with the uh, uh, meniscus, which supposedly you can come back from as little as 90 days. is now 18 months, came back. 18 months into this thing, man. Who tore their Achilles for the Rams last year and was back? Oh, 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 man. Wait, who was that? Oh, it was it. Oh. The running back. Yeah, no. I, I forget his name, though. But wait, wait. Nigga, was it Acres, right? Cam Akers? Yeah, Cam yeah, Akers. Yeah, 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 Cam, Cam Akers. Akers. I was like, that, that was your man. When he went down, you're like, that's a huge well, blow. Well. I'm like, oh, they do it by committee, man. So we're talking about James Weissman, and there should be a level of concern for the fact because I keep hearing he's ninety percent. <laughs> I keep hearing, well, he's going to be he'll be playing soon enough. There, there hasn't been that. Rick Celebrini has just to me has not given him that clean bill of health, which 
as long as you're talking to a guy that big that continues to have swelling or problem. Now, listen, nobody says he has swelling. I don't want to go there, but he did initially. We <laughs> you you heard him. it here, folks. Dan Devone with the exclusive James Wiseman has swelling in the knee. By the way, let's just hear from the guy we're talking about, James Weisman, and then we'll get back into the conversation. Oh, Joe Lake, I'm talking about James Weisman? All right, here we go. I think he has the potential to be an enormously positive addition to the minutes rotation on our team. He is a monster. And uh, there just aren't, I'm sorry, I've been watching basketball all my life. I have not seen many players do what he can do. He's got bigger and stronger. He is, uh, he's got to get his timing back clearly. He needs the experience. He's 20 years old, 20, 21 years old, I guess. He doesn't have to be an overnight sensation, but over a few years, he needs to become a really good player. And I think he will be. I think he's going to be fantastic. I'm really excited. I'm I'm with him, and you and I think are on the same page. We think he can be amazing. Yeah, but but, 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 but but the one thing he needs to do is play basketball. He didn't do it at college. Certainly hasn't done it in the NBA. He needs his reps. And the he fact said, he isn't. No, he said he can be an enormously positive addition to the minutes wrote. That's not a regular endorsement. <laughs> He's like he can come in and enormously, you know, play basketball. <laughs> Oh, that's not exactly a ring. I know at the end he said, I think he can be fantastic. Well, he's talking about in the f- near future. Yeah. I, uh, listen. I mean, him just getting into the rotation is a huge accomplishment. Him playing, you know, he's he's played 39. Him getting in the layup line yeah. is a huge accomplishment. <laughs> exactly, man. Like him going through warm-ups and not, you know, like having swelling or whatever's held him back. Like that, boom, that's step one, okay? Like temper your expectations. Now, once he starts actually playing basketball, I think good things are going to happen, but but in between then and, you know, just like stepping onto a basketball court, running up and down a couple of times and not killing over, like, let, let's just start there. Do you get the sense, I hate to even go here, but is there somewhere in the back of your head where you just think that this dude could get, you know, there might be another injury waiting for him or the same injury that's just going to rear its head? Why do I feel like he's not out of the doghouse in terms of, of being completely 100% healthy because he's still in the doghouse <laughs> like like he hasn't like he hasn't even peeked out of the doghouse yet he's literally still hey he is still injured right like that's the yeah. only thing and that's the other part is that warriors pr and the staff and and everybody that deals with the media haven't they haven't said much except for that he's not available he's not available to play in the playoffs he's not available to play in summer league he's not available to play at any point last season that's all we know and there was one report in, I think, like November or somewhere about there. It's like, oh, he had a setback, right? So he went, he played with the G League for one game. He had a setback. Okay, so all we know is there was a surgery to correct the initial thing. He rehabbed. Then he went to the G League. And before he went to the G League, remember it came out that, oh, well, there he had a second a second thing to clear up some stuff. And like th- that's the language they use. Yeah, that's no, they the weren't very good in handling like, any of oh, that. Oh, yeah, he had a second procedure to clear up some stuff. Like, explain, aren't you a medical professional? Or aren't you a communications professional? Give me something better than, oh, he had to have some stuff cleaned up. Well, they're trying to be vague for a reason, but I don't no, think no. they've handled that from the out. Even Steve Kerr, who expected him to come back a lot sooner, then just went that very route of just and- being very obscure when it came to 
giving some sort of definitive information when it came to James Weissman. The 707, man. I'm on the fence with camping with the V-Town, homie. He may be packing, which is essential, but outdoor survival skills may be in question. <laughs> 707, again, we're not going to the wild, man. We're going to the we're going to the, to the outskirts of every major city, man, and, and getting with the, the, the people, man, that, that do the wild stuff, okay? So the only wild things are going to be like keggers. <laughs> what are you eating during this trip? How does that work? You're just stopping at everything, <laughs> everything. Okay, I'm I'm going I'm rolling through the Bayou State and I'm eating gator, man. Okay, you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm rolling through Texas. I'm eating deep fried everything. I, I, I'm never eating Tex Mex. That is an abomination in terms of uh, Mexican inspired food. I'm eating everything else though. Once again, if you are what, what Brian, what's wrong with Tex Mex? Or you're on board with Tex Mex? Okay. Tex-Mex is just a lot of guacamole and sour cream, yeah, right? Tex-Mex, drown in your Drown in your taco in that okay, crowd. So, Tex-Mex so, is delicious. What are you talking about? Brian, you are, from, you are from the state of California. If you're from, you know, Michigan or something and you think Tex-Mex is good, that's fine. You are from the state where you have the Bex Mexican food, okay? And Tex-Mex is, is like Mexican food in theory, for one. And and for two, like it's utterly lacking flavor. A wise man once said in this industry, two things can be equally true. Oh, come on. <laughs> Not on this show, bro. One person's right, the other person's wrong. That's the way we roll. <laughs> there is no gray area when it's Shamari Block and Dan <laughs> And I'm sorry, but I gotta agree with Shamari here when it comes to Tex Mex, man. Just step up. Que pasó? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you can control the buttons back there. All right. So let's, uh, oh, he likes, he, so this says that, uh, what's it? This says 95. Shabari doesn't like Tex-Mex, but enjoys Taco Bell. Taco Bell late night might be the go-to. Yep, listen, man. In terms man. of fast food chains, Taco Bell's has got to be the go-to. Well, the thing about Taco Bell that's good is that it's open at 2.30 when you might be trying to, you know, get some food in your body. To get your senses right after, you know, being up at 2 in the morning, probably drinking heavily. All right, let's get back to KD because it, it will not go away. I'm not just doing this to fill time or feed the beast. There is every day that goes by where the Golden State Warriors don't get active in the free agent market. We're just about everybody else that needs has needs, although they did this sort of a year ago. That they're, people are trying to put two and two together and arriving at this, well, because they're going to make a play for Kevin Durant. And everything is sort of suspended until they find out what's happening with Kevin Durant and or whether they can lure him back to the Golden State Warriors. So let me just make you, just for the sake of conversation, let's just say the Warriors are indeed going to deal for Kevin Durant and you're Bob Myers for a day. What are you willing to give up to get Kevin Durant to come to the Warriors? Uh, I would trade you. I, so, okay, so... If if I'm making a realistic offer, and I want Kevin Durant, right? Because I don't want Kevin Durant. Oh, well, like let me that. rephrase this. But let if me, I'm Bob Myers, and let I me want be, Kevin Durant. How's this? Let me mm -hmm. be Brooklyn, mm -hmm. okay? And I'm going to tell you what I want, and you can tell me what you're going to give me. Okay. All right. No I need okay. I need Jordan Poole. Okay. I okay. need Andrew Wiggins because I need a proven star. Okay. Good. I want right. James Weissman because I need a big in Brooklyn, and then I want either Jonathan Kaminga or Moody. I want Jonathan Kaminga. There you go. No way. I, I will let you have Poole or Wiggins, right? Probably Wiggins. The, okay. Probably Wiggins because we you need a, you know, KD plays the three, right? So you can have Wiggins, not Kaminga. I would consider giving you Wiseman. Now, if you want 
Pool and Wiggins, okay? I, I, I might be open to that, but I'm also going to need something back from you. I'll need some draft capital from you if I'm getting giving you two all-star caliber dudes. Like, two all-star guys do not equal one MVP. What if I'm willing to throw in Seth Curry? And obviously, you know, the, fam the family component there. And you got a shooter? We'll see, but Seth, Seth Curry makes too much. He makes too much money, right? Because one of the things is is right now, Poole is on a a rookie deal still, right? So the so the, the contracts aren't going to match. I but it's not a matter of getting back players right now. You are gutting the a uh, young player from me, and I want it back. Because guess what? We I can give you these guys. You, 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 that pick's going to be in the top ten. So <laughs> I need to retool. So give me. Next year's first round draft pick and KD, and then you can have Poole and Wiggins. And I might, I might throw in not a Wiseman, not a Kaminga. I might throw in another piece like Moody, though, if we must. You know, Moody's beginning to sort of leapfrog JK a little bit here. Well, he's he's more he's more pro ready right now, right? And, and he's sub. Listen, Marco Bellinelli average. But he's just as young. It's not as though you know he. I mean, he, I think he's the same age. I want to say you they're know, both teenagers. They're the same age, yeah, no, not both nineteen. But that was the thing with him is that he comes in as a ready-made player, right? It, it's the old, good old, higher ceiling, no, lower floor, higher ceiling, right? So the worst Moses Moody was ever going to be was uh, the worst Moses Moody was ever going to be was like a solid role player, right? Um, the the best Kaminga's going to be is. You know, MVP caliber dude. Moses Moody doesn't have that, uh, so give me that the, caliber. Give me the trade again. Who are you giving to the Brooklyn Nets? I'm going to write it down. So, again, For Kevin Durant. If, I, if I want Kevin Durant, if I really, Just really want him. Just give me the him, players. I'm go, I, would, I would give up Wiggins and Poole. Okay, hold on. So, hold on. Wiggins. And Poole. And Poole, both going to the Brooklyn Nets. Yes. Who else? That's it. No, that, that's, that's it. it. And two that's, also. Wiggins and, and Poole. And that's if I want, want, want KD. I'm giving up those two guys. Yeah, it's not going to work. It, it, why not, man? What, 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 what is they going to get? Wait, wait, who are they going to get from... You probably have to throw Weissman in there at well, least. Okay, great. But think about this, Dan. He said he wanted to go to the Miami Heat or the Phoenix Suns. What two players do either of those teams have that will be a better get for the Nets than Wiggins and No, they would put together. together a bunch of crap. They give you Tyler Hero. They give you Duncan Robinson. <laughs> they would give you... They can't move off of Jimmy Butler... Uh, they can't give you Bam out of Bayou because this is a match, obviously, with that CBA and, of course, mm -hmm. Ben Simmons. Both You can't have two guys on rookie Supermax deals. So according to Woj, they wanted two all two players, one of all-star caliber, another rising, ascending player. That's and then Wiggins a, and Poole. And another young player plus multiple draft picks. And again, you can thank the Minnesota Timberwolves for all of this. Well, but here's the deal. I, I want, I, I want, uh, you know, uh, you, I, you can say you want whatever you want. Okay, what are you actually going to get? Like, I can be out here like, I want a million dollars and a and a pink Cadillac, you know, to to show up tomorrow. Right? You're not getting that. That's not what the, that's not what the market dictates. And I know what Rudy Gobert that Rudy Gobert deal looks on the surface like an epic deal. It is, but but. Those draft picks that they're getting are going to be in the in the in the twenties. But that's the problem; they're unprotected, and that's the problem. This is why Danny Ainge rips dudes off, and why Danny <laughs> Ainge. I get it; so he does some good things and some bad things when it comes to the draft. But this is what he does: if you give me unprotected picks, 
four of them. You may think because Minnesota's relevant right now, but these draft picks are three to five years out. Look at look at Houston gave up all those. Look at teams that have given up picks. Look at Brooklyn thinking that, oh, we got KD, man. We, <laughs> we're going to be fine. You do not know. And that worm can turn like that. Like in a year from now, you guys could be starting all over again. So when you're giving up unprotected picks, you got to be very careful. See, here's the problem with giving up picks for me. And it's not a question of, oh, we're going to draft the next all-star player. Draft picks, even if they're in the 20s, right? That is cheap labor. That is cheap labor that is young and both cheap. So when you gut your team and you give up good players and you give up your draft picks, then that's how you get into salary cap hell. <laughs> because, because you can sign your own draft picks, re-sign them to whatever you want, right? But also for the first three, four years of their contract, they're going to be making little to nothing, which, which provides you a cheap talent. As compared to going out on the free agency market where you're signing guys to vet men. And unless you're the Warriors or the Nets where, where vet men guys of some note will come to your team with the idea that they can win a championship, right? You're scraping the bottom of the barrel. You're loading up on the Woodley Collie Steins of the world, right? And and, and you, you have no depth in those situations, man. So draft picks are important, not for building for the future, but filling out your roster, but then it always gets down to the age-old argument, proven talent for unproven talent, right? So, well, but see, at the top, you have proven talent, but you also want at the back end of that some, some because again, okay, I'll, I'll tell you like this. Pat Baldwin Jr., right? Pat PBJ. Baldwin Jr., he, he's a Give unknown, me some peanut butter and jelly if you have a chance. He, he's an unknown commodity, right? At the same time, if you talk about the guys, the bigs that are available, because I, I look at him as a center personally. I personally look at him as a center that could shoot. And you talk about, would you rather have Patrick Baldwin Jr., an unknown commodity, or Willie Colley-Stein, who you can afford at the vet men? Text lines go on hot take. Moody will be a better pro than Kaminga. Wow. Okay. Wait. There's uh, something, and, and he goes on to say there's something about Moody. He does have a way about him. As though he plays well beyond his years. He's sort of an old soul in that way. And he has a good temperament. Kaminga is, you know, he's sort of feast of famine, man. He's all go, and he'll go on anybody. Or he looks as though he's thoroughly over his head. Moses Moody is a more experienced basketball player than Jonathan Kaminga. Like, them's just the facts. He's played more basketball. He's played more basketball at a higher level. He grew up in this country doing the AAU circuit, et cetera, et cetera. He went to a college. Jonathan Kaminga kind of came here from the Congo, played a little bit of basketball, and then went to the G League Ignite, right? Well, so, I mean, you know. Don't be disrespectful. So, Jonathan When you Kaminga, say a lot more basketball, he played, he's got one year. Yeah. Uh, he's got one year of college while Kaminga was in the G League. So, it's not as though it's. But, 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 but Jonathan Kaminga's from the Congo. And I'm not exactly sure at what point in his life he came here, but I can guarantee you Moses Moody had a basketball in his hand from the time he was five. Yeah. yeah. No, that's true. Well, listen, yeah. I'm all in on Jonathan yeah. Kaminga. Speaking of which, Kevin Dana is going to join us in a, in a matter of moments. He's coming up at the top of the hour to talk about the Golden State Warriors and all these these players and sort of these scenarios that we have just talked and discussed over the last half hour and KD potentially coming to the Golden State Warriors. Is that real? Is that, you know, is there some, but if you think about it, the Warriors are one of the few teams that has the toys to sort of play in this market, right? I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. Phoenix isn't going to get, 
Well, no, no. Can, can you Fizz name wants me? to get rid of DeAndre Ayton, so <laughs> it's a win-win for them. And I think everybody recognizes that. Okay, but 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 can you tell me a team? Think about it. I can't think of a single team that can deliver a better package. No, you're right. Then just wait. Just pull and 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 Wiggins alone. No team has a better package than that. That is an all star and a future all star. Well, that's just it. The only problem with the Warriors package is it's a lot of unproven talent. You're talking about a future all-star. Well, future is right now. We don't know. Jonathan Kaminga could be a future Hall of Famer. Well, see, no, I'm saying w- Wiggins is a literal all-star. Wiggins, but then everybody else is pretty much unproven. But I'm only giving up. The, if I'm Joe Lankham, I'm not going past those two guys. You want anything else? Good Good luck. <laughs> Come crawling back to me when everybody else gives you some inferior deals. I'll talk to you in two months. But we'll have to wait and see. Let's. Oh, I was going to say uh, that we need to uh, wait and see where Kevin Dana is going to be. So Kevin Dana is going to join us in a matter of moments to talk about the Santa Cruz. Well, not talk about the Santa Cruz Warriors, but to get into the Golden State Warriors. In and, some and, and particularly the is he in Las Vegas? He, he's in Vegas. He's co- He's been covering the games. He's been calling the games since the Cali Classic. He's in Vegas. He's doing his thing. So he knows what's up. If anybody knows what's up with Wiseman, it is our friend Kevin Dana. And we'll have him next on 95.7 The Game.